We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Stephen Haglin, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. As always, we do appreciate any ratings, reviews, likes, subscribes, comments on any podcast platform, including YouTube. And I want to start today off by giving a shout out to one of our sponsors, The Backroom Collection. You can find him Twitter at The Backroom C-O-L-2. Again, that's The Backroom C-O-L-2. He has been putting out some fire chargers prints, and I think any football fan should check him out and be able to upgrade their man cave, their workout you know, situation, their home office, their actual office. Check him out online, thebackroomcollection.net. If you use the code GAC, that's G-A-C, on your first purchase, you get 10% off. He is even going to be able to attend a Justin Herbert signing. He's got a bunch of Justin Herbert prints that he will have signed by the man himself. Again, use the code GAC for 10% off at thebackroomcollection.net. Thank you so much for supporting him and our show. That being said, let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. This one's not going to be as happy, as positive as as the episodes before, just because obviously a pretty bad loss versus the Ravens. But I do, I do think it's important to to look and and realize that this team is four and two, and just played probably one of the most insane six game stretches of any team um, this year so far. So going four and two was. Honestly, something I wasn't expecting. I was, I would have been happy if we went two and four, if I'm being honest, given the opponents we played with a new head, co- like having a new head coach, new systems and everything. But, you know, going four and two is, is nothing to be ashamed of. And, and losing to the Ravens, I mean, like, I don't know what everyone's expectations were, but this is a really good Ravens team. I, I Despite all the injuries, despite losing Marcus Peters, I know running backs don't really matter but Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins were two of the most efficient running backs of the of the past two years um and Dobbins did that as a rookie so this is a very very good Ravens team and Lamar Jackson is playing MVP ball right now so it's really nothing to be like too worried about in my opinion I do think you know so many people just jumped off the the Chargers train train after the loss and it's like you know why this is a good Ravens team 
I would like to point out though, I think I mentioned this in my Browns um, recap video last week, but I do think the chart, or I thought I mentioned about how Justin Herbert wasn't playing like as good as people were thinking, but I do think the Chargers became a little bit overrated um, when it came to people like ranking them after the Browns game. And I'm only saying that because, you know, I don't think the defense is that good if I'm being honest, like, and it's something that I'm pretty surpri surprised about. I thought this defense would have been legit, but they just haven't been that good. The Browns really exposed them on the ground. The Ravens did the same thing. But another aspect is I don't think this offense has been, you know, that amazing. Like, I think they're still, they, the Chargers have a chance to be elite, but they're not there right now. And even after the Browns game, people were putting them in that elite category. Like they're not with the, like, they're not playing with the Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, Ravens. Like those are the elite teams. The Chargers are a very good tier two team. And that's nothing to be ashamed about because in the end, you know, everyone wants to trade for Akeem Hicks and Grady Jarrett and Fletcher Cox and all that. The Chargers are only going to do that if they're all like, like if they're in a win now go for it this year mode. And I don't think they are. Um, usually that happens in year three of, of a rookie quarterback deal. They did uh, the Cardinals with Kyler Murray trading for JJ or signing JJ Watt, uh, you know, getting AJ Green, all the, all, all the veteran free agents. And then the, the Bills did that last year trading for Stephon Diggs, right? So it's nothing to really be ashamed about that if they're not going all in this year. They're still legit playoff contenders. Like they're probably going to make the playoffs, but a Super Bowl run, I don't, I really don't know how likely it is. But like I said, I still wanted to bring up some data points in this video and, and just talk about some stuff. Uh, the two things I'll be focusing on is the run defense, just, just a little bit, not going to get too much into it. But also Joe Lombardi, and I don't think Joe Lombardi has been good this year. Contrary to opinion, I think people have said he's called a good game. He's called a good game in, cert in certain games, but I think the Ravens really exposed the Chargers for who they are, which is a really good football team that is really good at times where they're not supposed to be really good. So let me uh, jump into some stuff. Um, so I brought this up in my last video, but this is looking at the how often NFL teams secure a new series of downs. So pretty much when are they converting first downs? And I, I brought up how the Chargers were converting first downs 31% of the time on third and fourth downs, which, which was tied, I believe, with the Texans with the bottom for the highest in the league. Now, uh, the highest in the league on third and fourth downs. So while it is very good that they're third in the, they were third in the league through weeks one through five at converting first downs, on every series doing it on third and fourth downs alone isn't the way to do it you need to be doing it on first and second down which is something that the chargers haven't been able to do they haven't been a good first down offense and i'm going to be showing some clips i've looked into all 22 and you know have some stuff for you guys but it, it hasn't been good and i think this is ultimately on joe lombardi and it, it comes with this philosophy. I'm not sure if I agree with it. It's, you know, his offense, he always called it a matchup-based offense. You know, we want to get our guys one-on-ones and we want to let our playmakers just, you know, do whatever they want. They have option routes. They have, you know, if you want to slant, you want an out, you want a, zit, a dig, you want to slant and go, whatever you think is 
is the best way for you to meet your man. That's what we, we want you to do. But the problem with that is it's so reliant on these playmakers to make plays that in the end, you know, it, it's if, if the playmakers don't get open, then what is Justin Herbert going to do? Because really, there is not really many, many other options outside of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like Jared Cook has had his good games, but he's also been like shut out of, of game plans. And so I don't really think Joe Lombardi's done a great job so far. I think the Ravens really showed some weaknesses, especially um, the Chargers being able to diagnose blitzes and those exotic fronts. Now, how many teams have a have a defensive personnel and defensive packages like the Ravens with all those, those exotic fronts? Not very many teams. Like the Patriots may may like they might do that, but it's more of like the Ravens cover zero type thing. The Dolphins do the same thing, but they're more from the Belichick tree. So I think Ravens did a great job. John Harbaugh is an excellent coach. Like he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point, right? So, um, you know, not, not too worried about the offense, but I am a little bit worried about Joe Lombardi and, you know, kind of his first down play calling, which I'll bring up after this. Just wanted to talk about the rush defense. Yes, now the Chargers are officially last um, in, in rush EPA allowed, only the Chiefs are you know that they're second worst so you have two AFC West teams and you know I don't really know what to think about it like they were missing the Seattle Tranquil Kenneth Murray and Justin Jones four guys who really would impact the run defense now how much would it impact I don't know like I don't know the true value of those four players in this specific defense just because we don't have a large enough sample size to go off of if we look at the rushing success rate so the success rate means anytime a play has over a one EPA over or anytime a play generates a positive EPA, that's considered a success. So teams are, uh, are having a positive EPA in 53% of their plays when they run the ball against the Chargers, which is absurd. And I don't know what it is. And I think ultimately it goes back to it, it goes it, it goes back to the the light boxes, right? Like you, Staley wants to play these light boxes and he, he, he wants to stop the run, but in the end, they don't have the personnel to do this. And if you can see my screen right now, as it's loading, I thought this was an amazing tweet by Benjamin Solak, uh, like two weeks into the season, the chargers just lack the defensive front talent to get, a, get it, to get away with running light boxes in the run game. They just don't have the guys up front. Like you're relying on Linval Joseph uh, to do most of the dirty work. And then you have three undrafted free agents playing at times, like against the Browns, they had Fajoko, Merrill and Gaziano. Like I understand there's all, you know, there's potential with Merrill or there's potential with Fajoko. These guys are undrafted for a reason. I'm sorry to say it, but like, that's just how it is right? Like you need the guys you drafted, the guys you signed in free agency to step up and make plays against the run. Obviously, Jerry Tillery hasn't been great either. Not going to get too much into him at all, actually. But yes, Chargers haven't been good against the run. They still have been above average at stopping the pass, which is a good sign. And I mean, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys are three of the top rushing attacks in the league. So them struggling versus those three, three offenses, yes, it's concerning, but you know, it's not as concerning as like if they struggled versus the Raiders or if they struggled big time versus like Washington, right? Now they do play the Patriots who 
have some mean offensive linemen on their on their team. They go, they're going to play the Vikings soon after that. So, um, you know, it's going to be a test. Like, how much will Justin Jones and Kenneth Murray impact the run defense? I don't really know. But, you know, that's, that's all for that. I don't really want to go too much into how bad they've been. Let's talk about this Chargers offense and Joe Lombardi especially. Um, okay. That's not working. Sorry for that, guys. Uh, I was trying to make it full screen, but it's not working. But I think you should be able to see it in full screen on your side. So the third and fourth down offense against the Ravens was horrible. And I thought the first down offense was on par to that. And what I mean by that is, like, they just weren't doing things that made sense. And in the end, you know, third and fourth down success doesn't isn't something that's really that sustainable because defenses do have the advantage on third and longs. And that means like they can run stunts, they can you know show whatever they want because they have time that the quarterback has to drop back and wait an extra second because they have to get the ball past nine, 10 yards. Now, is was Joe Lombardi doing good on third and fourth downs before this game? Yeah, like I thought he was calling awesome plays on third and fourth downs to get some of his receivers open. But like I said before, it seems like it's just a matchup based offense and it just doesn't make sense. Like, let me, let's run through this play, right? So it, this is like a third and, or this is like the fourth down, I believe fourth and one or four. Yeah. Fourth and one. W what are we doing? Why, why are we throwing to Josh Palmer up here? Uh, okay. Now, it should, okay. Now it should be working. Why are we throwing to Josh Palmer when he's guarded by Marlon Humphrey. Why? Like, the, like I, I'm so confused why we're throwing to Josh Palmer. Like, we have Keenan Allen on the field. This is supposed to be, you know, Keenan Allen hasn't been as productive as he's been in previous years. And, like, he's mainly been a third and fourth down guy. Why are we putting him as, like, it seems like a decoy where he's in where he's surrounded by four guys and we're throwing to Josh Palmer against Marlon Humphrey. And the worst part is like, look at the route he's running. He's running a four yard hitch. What sense does that make? Like, I don't, I just didn't understand the play call there. And you're throwing to a rookie receiver against one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Make like, I, I was genuinely surprised by that play call. Now let's go to this one. This one is also, I believe it's fourth and two here. Right. So again, Mike Williams on Humphrey down here. I'm not uh, down here. You see, okay. Actually you can't see that because my screen sharing paused. Kinks. Uh, okay. My bad guys. So you can see here uh, Mike Williams on, on or Humphrey on Mike Williams, Anthony Averett on Keenan Allen. Um, and they throw another four or five yard hitch. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like a hitch route on fourth down just doesn't seem like the optimal play call. Like a hitch route is so dependent on the cornerback believing that you're going to take off deep that he's playing off. But if if you only need two yards for the first down, he know like they know you're going to throw it quick. So Humphreys didn't bite at all. He's on Mike Williams, and like I said before, Marlon Humphreys one of the best cornerbacks in the game. You guys know that Anthony Averett has given up the third most yards in the league 
he's given up 395 receiving yards through from weeks one through six. Look who he's guarding. He's guarding Keenan Allen one-on-one. And I guess the safety here is, is shading over to help, but then he has Guyton wide open in the middle. So like I said, I think Lombardi, this is a bad play call by Lombardi because it does seem like he wants to get it to Mike Williams. But also this is a Justin Herbert's fault that he has Guyton wide open in the middle on fourth down, but he's so fixated on, okay, we need to get it to Keenan. We need to get to Mike that he just doesn't see the wide open guys. Guyton was open. Okay. If you know, and I'm sure Keenan could have beat Averitt off the line. I'm not, I think the safety was bracketing Keenan there, but then he, you're going to have someone open. So targeting Marlon Humphrey on, on two fourth downs just doesn't make sense because okay. So the, the reason like I'm disappointed is because like the, look at this. So this is the first play of the game and we had Keenan Allen wide open on for, like on this play, 11 yards. Look at the beginning. It was on Anthony Avery. We were in, in, in a stack formation, right? Like Anthony Avery's not that good. He's not. He's given up the third most receiving yards in the league. And, but we're deciding to tar- target Marlon Humphrey seven times, which seems like a very anti-analytics thing, which is surprising because Staley has preached that he looks into the analytics and all the matchups, you know, you know, plays like this. This is a good play, but this is one of the few times I feel like Lombardi's actually called a good play on first down because if we go to this play then right like this was another first first and 10 i i just don't understand what the what the play concept is here and uh, just a bad throw by herbert here obviously but like if we if we run through what each player is doing right we've got mike at the top so mike he's just running uh, he just gets destroyed by humphrey there keenan at the bottom he has a one-on-one smokes avery off the line which he can do all game Avery obviously caught back up, but like in this situation, right? You know, you have Keenan one-on-one. Why? I, I feel like motioning Guyton over is just dumb because then you're, you're just bringing more congestion onto Keenan. Guyton's running a wheel ride doesn't work. And Cook's just running like a, like a dig or something, or like a, like a slant, basically like, a, like there's a five yard in or something. And it just doesn't, nothing's there. And I mean, it, that's just a couple samples of what the first and second down or the first and second down offensive looked like. Hasn't been too pretty. And, you know, even the stats will back that up. They haven't been that good in the first and second down. So, you know, that's that's pretty much it. I don't think Lombardi's been that great. The stats will back that up. They haven't been good on first and second down. They've been amazing on third and fourth down. But you can't just rely on, on getting the third and fourth and long and expecting your quarterback to bail you out because over the course of the season – that type of variance, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you at some point. And the Ravens showed that. The Ravens have a very good defense led by a pretty good defensive play caller, and they, they were able to stop the Chargers on those money downs. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the video, you don't want to overreact too much because this team is born to. Um, luckily, they haven't had injuries to too many key players, but hopefully the bye gets back some of the main guys, Tranquil, K-9, Jones, and Outerly. Um, and, you know, hopefully the offense gets back on track because that was not, that was not a pretty game plan that they showed against the Ravens. So it's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you for watching. If you made it to the end and sticking with sticking through, uh, the video with some technical difficulties on the video side. Um, but yeah, with that, as always, what's up?
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.